Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. You know, I learned a long time ago, don't question God. <laughs> don't question God. <laughs> When he gave me that title, I didn't know. Miranda gave me the answer last night and explained what we're going into. Today is the first day of the Jewish month of Elul, and it's 29 days preceding the Jewish holiday, Rosh Hashanah, which God gave in the book of Leviticus under a different name, but it's the same holiday. And it's 29 days of self-searching and seeking your heart. <coughs> and repenting of the things that you failed at. In fact, the word sin in the Hebrew literally means to fail. The things that you failed at when you failed to love like Christ <coughs> by his example. And to repent of those things, to prepare, because the Jewish holiday of Rosh Hashanah is a remembrance that the judgment is coming, and it's to get ready. So when God gave me this title during the week, I didn't even know all this. She said it last night. I knew God would give me the answer to the title and, and to the sermon, really. And last night we, at church, she said all what she just said. I said, well, now I know the answer to the, to the title, what it's about. So the big question is to you. And as we get into the scriptures, I'm going to ask you, and I don't want you to answer me, answer within your own self. You can't lie to God. So just answer, answer to your own self. Let's go to uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. There's a few things in this chapter that I want to point out that jumped, like Daddy said, jumped out when I was studying this. And God was giving me this message. It says, uh, Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you, by the Lord Jesus, that ye have received of us, and how ought to walk and to please God. I want you to underline in your, your Bible to please God. We are to be God pleasers. Now, this is Paul. Uh, this is Paul talking to the Thessalonians, and he's telling them how to conduct their lives, how they should live their lives, and he's explaining to them. And I want you to understand this, uh, that we are to be God-pleasers. So the first question I have this morning, but the big question is, are you a God-pleaser? Are you a pastor-pleaser? A Danny-pleaser or a Glenn-pleaser? We don't want you to be pleasing us. We want you all to please God. You know, we, we throw the, the focus back on the cross, on God. If you're pleasing God, then you're pleasing us. And I hope y'all feel the same way about us because we're not going to please y'all. We're going to please God. Because, you know, hell is kind of hot. <laughs> and you can't send me to hell, but God can. So we're going to be God pleasers. So get that point across. Be a God pleaser. Ought to walk and to please God so you would bond more and more. It means to get closer and closer to God. 
the more you are a God pleaser, the more you get closer to God. And that's the whole, the whole thing about it. You want to get close to God, as close as you possibly can. And the more you get close to God, the more you want to serve God. The more you serve God, the more you want to be a good Christian or a good person. It's just, it's the law. It's just the way the law works. Go ahead. Do you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus? Go ahead, Jaden. Where's Jaden? Go ahead, Jaden. For ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. Amen. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. Okay, understand this. It's God's will that we live a sanctified life. Now, I'm not preaching on sanctification today. That's not where I'm going. But we will cover a few things. That's another thing I want to catch in these verses. But I'm going to point it out because we're there. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from sin. It says fornication, but I'm going to just say sin, all sin. I had somebody tell me one time that uh, watching dirty movies wasn't a sin because it wasn't in the Bible. I said, there's a lot of stuff that's not in the Bible that's in the world today that's a sin. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. And it's talking about your body, your, your, your presence, how to dress, dress right, dress decent, dress uh, moderately. Uh, I'm kind of old-fashioned when it comes to some of the dressing. I don't think women should have purple hair. And I get that because of a TV evangelist show once that, you know, and the woman had purple hair, and I just didn't think it, it looked appropriate for the preacher's wife to have purple hair and Diamond rings as big as a, uh, a moon pie. <laughs> it's just telling you to live a sanctified life <clears throat> and to even your body, keep it sanctified. Set apart, that's what it means. Sanctification means to be set apart. In other words, don't dress like the hoochie mamas. <laughs> be dressed different. Okay, go to the next one. Not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles, which know not God. Now, this fancy word means a uh, strong desire uh, for sin. And, it, and if you really research it, it's going to tell you more and more along the line of sexual sin. But uh, it's, it's like addiction. It's like something you can't control. You know, whether it's, and I say it's not just sexual, but if it's gambling or, or anything of the such. Anything that you can't control... You put in the head of God. Sports can become a sin. Hunting can become a sin. Watching too much TV can become a sin. Anything you're doing, impulsive uh, and, and just too much, and it's taking you away from God. So it covers a lot of ground. Keep going. That no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. For God has not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. Okay. God has called us to be sanctified, which means to be set apart, and to holiness. Think about it. Be, there's a lot of preachers, they don't even preach this no more. A lot, it's, it's, it's actually lost in churches today. They, they replace the word grace for holiness and you have preacher's uh, living like the world. Preacher's wife dressing like the hoochie bombers. 
He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who has also given unto us his holy spirit. Now, this is what I wanted to bring out. I wanted to bring about uh, to be a God pleaser and at salvation, at salvation, God gave us his Holy Spirit. Understand this. When you accepted Christ as your Savior and you repented of your sins or whatever you've done, however you've done it, wherever you've done it, uh, and you became what we call a child of God, the Holy Spirit came into you and lives in you. We are the vessel of the Holy God now. Understand this. Understand the importance of that. I'm trying to drive home the importance of that. Let's go to uh, Romans 8. It's what I'm going to really be preaching out. I wanted to bring those two things home in today about being a God pleaser. Being a God pleaser. Not a man pleaser. And that at salvation, the Holy Spirit came into you and is living in you. So there's no such thing as a sinning Christian or a willful. Let me say willful sinning Christian. We're all human and we all make mistakes. We all get mad at the spouse. Either way. I'm not going to say wife. I'm going to say spouse. Either way. You know, when you're living with somebody, it can be tried at times. The big question is, is the Holy Spirit living in you? And ask yourself, I mean, the Bible says check yourself. Do a check on yourself. And that's what I'm preaching this morning is for you to do a check on yourself. Is the Holy Spirit living within me? Am I a God pleaser? Or I'm trying to please the pastor? Or the boss on the job? Or whatever situation you're in? That's the big question. Okay, Romans 8. This is going to show the difference between a true Christian and somebody claiming to be a Christian or somebody not even a Christian at all and don't even claim to be a Christian. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Okay, therefore now no condemnation. In other words, there's no judgment. Let's go to just jump to verse 8. We're going to come back to verse 2, but let's go to verse 8 and see what that said. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. If you're in the flesh, you cannot please God. In other words, what we're talking about is the fleshly man, the old man, uh, the old nature, uh, and we're talking about the Holy Spirit that's dwelling within you at salvation. He came into you and dwells in you. So that's what we're talking about. Let's go to verse uh, 2. But the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Okay, understand this. There's laws. There's biblical laws. And there's, there's laws in everything. There's laws of nature. We know the, the law of nature of gravity. What goes up must come down because gravity is going to pull it down. Uh, biblical law is uh, you reap what you sow. If you sow bad deeds, you're going to reap bad deeds. If you sow good deeds, 
And I don't mean the devil's not going to fight you, but just in a lifetime of life, you can look back and see how good God was to you. You know, that's just the law. That's just the law is something that set in stone is the best way to put it. So for the law of the spirit of life, that's the law of the spirit of life. What what governs and what makes life is what it's saying. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It's because it's in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin. So I'm no longer under the bondage of sin because of Christ Jesus. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I came out of my Egypt. The big question is, where are you at? Are you in Egypt? Or are you in Christ? Check yourself. That's what this holiday is all about, huh? And I think today's the first Sunday of it. And the good Lord gave me a, a sermon on it that I didn't even know what it was about. I didn't even know it was the holiday. I was telling them this morning before church, I said, you know, it's like a lot of churches that don't believe in, in the gifts. But they're working the gifts. Because if they didn't work in the gifts, then they wouldn't be a body of Christ. Because the body of Christ is the church and the gifts. They don't, they don't even realize what they're doing. That's how I was this morning is what I'm saying. God gave me a sermon because of a Jewish holiday that I didn't know nothing about. Go ahead. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. In other words, in the Old Testament, the, the Jewish people could not maintain a sin-free life. And they actually had got to where it was like 613 laws. So it's impossible to, to follow that many laws. I actually, we got so many laws on the book now, I guarantee you, y'all break the law at least once a week. <laughs> if you drive off in your vehicle without a seatbelt, you didn't broke a law. You know, there's so many laws now, you can't help but break a law. Talking about our laws, not God's laws. Thank God for grace, huh? Amen. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, this is the question, the big question. Once again, are you walking by the Spirit or by the flesh? Is the old man controlling your life, the old nature, or is the Spirit that's dwelling in you the dominant side? Now, we, we understand, you know, we realize that salvation, we don't become superhuman beings. But when the Holy Spirit comes to live in you, it gives you that ability to crucify the flesh every day. The Bible says to take your cross up daily and crucify it daily. That means every day there's something going to come your way to tempt you, to make you mad, to upset you, or to do something. And you're going to have to say, get ye behind me, Satan. I guarantee you that when something comes your way, God's going to put in your spirit, He's going to give you that prick in your spirit to remind you of that scripture, say, get ye behind me, Satan. Now, it's your, it's your choice to choose to say that and to do that or to not say it and act on the temptation. 
Temptation is not a sin. Acting on it is it becomes a sin. I heard a preacher of, uh, or I don't know if he was even a preacher. He was a Bible teacher. Said you can miss heaven by 13 inches. I might have to listen to this. He said the thought comes in your mind, and if you leave it there too long, it gets into your heart. It's an average 13 inches from your mind to your heart on average man. If it gets into your mind and it plays around there too long, it gets into your heart, then it becomes a sin. You got to rebuke it. So the big question is, who's ruling your life? Who's the dominant in your life? Is it the Holy Spirit or is it the old man or the old woman, the flesh? For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. There's a scripture, if I can recall it, I don't have it written down, but the Bible tells us to put our thoughts on the things of above. I got some Bible scholars who might remember it. That our citizenship is not of this earth. That's your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Amen. I knew I had a Bible scholar somewhere in here. <laughs> I mean, I done had a couple of strokes, so I can't, you know, my memories are shot. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. That's basically telling you if your thoughts is on money. Let's get back on that. We talked on that a little bit this morning. Now, we, we don't believe money is a sin. Money is not. As a matter of fact, God uh, has given his people a lot of money to do great things, build churches and colleges and hospitals. and So money is not a sin, but the love of it. If your mind is on making money, making money, making money, making money, and that's all you're thinking about, you're going to do fleshly things with your money. If your mind is on God above making the money, and your, your, your mind is on God, you're going to take your money and invest it in godly things. Everything in life, if you're allowing the old man to control your life, you're going to do worldly things. If you're allowing the, the spirit man to control your life, you're going to do things like we do. Come to church a lot. Stay in church a whole a long time. Four hours maybe. When I first took over the church, you know, our, our old church, my daddy he was good at shutting it down at 12 o'clock noon. I don't know how he'd done it. 12 o'clock noon, he shut down. So some of the older folks was complaining because I was a little bit long-winded. So I told him, I said, just bring a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> I don't care. He'd bring a peanut butter sandwich and sneak down behind the pool and bench and, and eat if you get that hungry. But I'm not going to stop till the good Lord tells me to stop. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. The big question is, where are you at today? What is your goals? What is your desires? Is your desires to serve God? Are your desires to go fishing? More than come to church? I'm trying to stay off of that football stuff. <laughs> I'm trying to not walk on my son-in-law's toes. <laughs> Let's go to the next one. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Amen. This, this is the whole thing. The big question, where are you at? God gave me the title, The Big Question, and that's why I keep bringing it up. Where are you at today? Are you carnally minded? Or spiritually minded? What is your goals in life? 
Is your goal in life to reach as many lost as you possibly can? Is your goal to be a light for Jesus in a dark and sinful world? Or your goal is just to get the next good meal or catfish dinner or whatever? What is your goal? What is your purpose in life? And it tells you right here, this, this scripture right here is plain and clear that you can't have both sides of the fence. There's no such thing as a homosexual Christian. There's no such thing as an alcoholic Christian or a drug addiction Christian that don't exist. You cannot have nothing above God, not even your spouse, not even your kids, because everything you got, God has given it to you. And he can take it all from you in a moment, the blinking of an eye. You got to remember that. Who's the true king? Who is the life giver? And who is the one that can take life at any moment? For to be corally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and, think about it, peace. Have you ever thought about salvation? I know a lot of people have never stopped and thought about salvation. You know, if you could think back far enough, or if you just became a Christian, it's still fresh on your mind. You gave your life to Jesus, and there's something changed in you. And I thought about it a whole lot. But the Bible tells us what it is. I can remember this old Frenchman. We had a revival, and this old Frenchman from Avalos Parish couldn't hardly speak English. Came to church. I don't know how he ended up here from the Walls Parish, but he came, he got saved. He told my daddy and the guest speaker, he says, I'm going to bring my wife tomorrow night and I want you all to pass her through that too. <laughs> what he was experiencing was a clear conscience. A clear conscience. You've never experienced a clear conscience till salvation. See, that's what happened with the Old Testament. Those Jews, Israelites, they could never have a clear conscience because calves and bulls and doves, that blood of, a, of an animal could not clear them. So they was always guilty. They've always felt guilty for their sins or whatever they was doing. But Jesus Christ changed that. He made it possible that we could live spiritually with a spiritual mind, with a clear conscience. Think about it. You know, some of us being Christians so long, we have forgot what it was like to not have a clear conscience. But think back, when some of us born in church, we were too young to even remember not having a clear conscience. But for some of you older folks that accepted Christ at an older age, it was a clear conscience. That's why I can remember that old man saying, man, he said, I slept so good. He said, I slept like a baby when I went home. He didn't understand. He didn't have a biblical understanding to realize what had happened to him. But for the first time in his life, he went to bed like a baby. Clear conscience. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, and neither indeed can it be. So you see, it's impossible for a person to have both sides of the fence. You're either with God or you're not. You're either carnal minded or you're spiritually minded. You're either led of the old nature that fell with Adam and Eve? Are you led by the Holy Spirit with Christ that entered you at salvation? 
became a new child in Christ. Became, the Bible tells us we became a new creation in Christ. Old things has passed away and all things has become new. Think about it. That's a supernatural thing there. And people that don't understand salvation and the new birth, they don't understand none of that because they never experienced it. Because the carnal mind cannot be subject to God. It's just impossible. So a Holy Spirit cannot live in a sinful body. I think God will deal with you for a while. You know, if a Christian starts to backslide, I think I don't think he throws you out all at one time. I think he deals with you like he done David. You know, he dealt with David. And David got to the point in his life that he was so miserable and destroyed, he cried out and says, Restore unto me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Until you know Christ, until you know God, and you've lost Him, you don't know what it is to not be with Him. You know, I was raised in a Christian home. I was raised in a home that God was present all the time, but I can remember the first time I went to spend the weekend with a friend of mine in Marksville. Sunday morning, they wasn't churchgoers, and I felt so out of place not getting up coming to church. I was 14, 15 years old. First time I'd missed church on a Sunday morning, I guess. I knew there was something not right with this system. I could tell it. I mean, it was just, it was, it was out of place. It was awkward. And just people wouldn't go to church. That's how it is when you walk away from God. If you get out of God's presence, you know, if you start to slip a little bit, God starts dealing with you. If you play around too long, it can get ugly for you. Let's move on. And they that are in the flesh cannot please God. That, that's what I'm saying. So I'm going to ask you the big question again. Are you in the flesh or are you in the spirit? Are you being controlled by the flesh or by the spirit? Is money driving you? Fancy things driving you? Fancy homes driving you? And we're not saying there's anything wrong with that. But we're saying if that becomes your main focus in life, then it becomes wrong. But you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now that if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So that's plain and simple. If the Holy Spirit is not dwelling in you, then you are not his child. I know a, a, a man that probably in church every Sunday if he's still able to go. I was talking to him a while back. I said, thank God for grace because he, he's got cancer. He's pretty bad off. I said, thank God for grace. And thank God that we know we're children of God. And he made, and he kind of shocked me when he said this. He said, but how, how do we know we're going to heaven? I said, because if you're born again, if you're a child of God, you know. Because his spirit bears witness with your spirit. I said, does his spirit bear witness with you? And, and he basically, he just told me he didn't really believe, believe all that. So that's telling me, I'm not judging, but I'm questioning where he's at. I'm asking the big question for him now. Where is he at? Because my spirit tells me I'm a child of God. Because his spirit bears witness with my spirit. It's a no-so salvation, not a maybe-so. Coming to a close. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, 
but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Now this confuses a lot of people when it says the body is sin is dead because of sin. What they're talking about is the old the old nature, the old man is the desire. You have you don't have a desire to sin anymore. You have a desire to serve God. Keep going. But if the spirit of him that raised up Christ Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Now this is very important, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, that's telling you that salvation, when I read earlier, that's why I read that earlier, so you could see that at salvation, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. And it's telling us, if it's dwelling in you, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is going to raise you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not unto the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And we're going to close it right there. As many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. So the final big question this morning, as you search your own heart, who is leading you? Is it the Holy Spirit? Or is it the old man? You know, through my early marriage, the old man really led me. And I stayed in trouble with my wife. She's shaking her head, yeah. She's agreeing. I stayed in trouble because I had my eyes on making money. So I got into importing and one thing and another. And one thing and another was always jewelry, selling jewelry or selling one thing or another until I surrendered. And I, I already knew what I was called to do. I knew that since, like the old Frenchman said, since I knew to myself. I've already known God had called me to pastor this little church and do what I had to do and be a preacher. I knew that, and I was running from that. And I learned one thing. You can't outrun God. I visualized God just sitting on a stump waiting on me. When I finally got there, he said, I've been here waiting on you. And I was burned out and wore out and aged, aged before time. I said, man, that was, that was crazy, huh? Should have just surrendered young. But the old man was controlling me. You know what I like? I like them old dance floors. Sawdust on the floor, them redneck women. Going and party. I like to party. I like to go to honky-tonks. I looked back down, it was crazy. My reward was a commode throwing up in the morning or fighting the night before and had some loose teeth or something. It was crazy. I mean, look, look at people who live a sinful life and look how they beat up and they aged and they bones broke, been in car wrecks. Can I get an amen from Pastor Danny on car wrecks? Been in car wrecks. Only the grace of God we're here today. Only because of God's protection that I am standing here today. Because I've been in the car wrecks and, and all that stuff. But God had a job for me to do. And finally, I did surrender to a lot of running. And today I can say, 
I live by the Spirit of the Lord, not by the flesh. My flesh has been crucified to where I can't even eat salt no more. <laughs> All I can do is come to church. No salt, no sugar. That's my doctor. That's my doctor. My doctor's in the house. So she's calling, she's calling me out. So the flesh has been crucified. So we're starting this holiday out, the Jewish holiday, I guess is what it's called, with the big question, where are you at today? Let's stand. This, this little teacher was on y'all for y'all. Do a self-check on yourself. What is controlling your life? Is it being controlled by the Holy Spirit or the old man? Heavenly Father, we come to you at this time and we just humble ourselves and we bow before you as we check ourselves. And as you convict and prick, prick our souls on the areas where we need to get straight, we ask that we just humble ourselves. These altars are open. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.